hello everybody welcome back to a talk lnd with alex and myself louisa today we're going to we're going to record episode five we're on now and we're going to discuss um everything to do with coaching um so i'm a coach alex is a coach massive advocates for coaching so alex when we say coaching what does that actually mean because you get coaches in sport you get professional coaches you get organizational coaching so what's coaching that we're going to be talking about today yeah it's pretty pretty big subject now um and it's quite difficult to narrow down exactly what we mean i mean fundamentally coaching is it's about how we communicate i think you know and uh and and and, and it's as complicated and as simple as that because <laughs> you know? it's 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 a massive topic um yeah. and there's all sorts of different types of coaching and there's you know so there's like um um sort of task focused coaching i suppose you could say which is you know continuous improvement mm -hmm. using the six sigma tools or agile tools to improve tasks you know so on a scale of one to ten how good is that and how could we get it from a seven to an eight and how can we improve the quality how can we get how can we how can we do this faster and better so that's that sort of um the crazy world of agile which is all about improving performance mm -hmm. so learning and improving performance so that's the task bit then there's the human bit which is more person-centered so that's you know the the more holistic um you know the the development of the human being the development of the person and that that's that relates more to um people you know uh, i'm thinking carl rogers and people like that who who you know who who came up with these ideas of you know the person-centered approach to development and um how we can help people be their best selves uh so um and and then yeah and then you've got sort of very undirective approaches to coaching which is like uh david groves clean language coaching which is where we just just ask those big open questions that get people thinking and we the coaches are completely out of that you know out of the content all we do is ask the question two much more directive types of coaching so um more consulting perhaps like where we you know you, you offer a bit of advice or you you know you have you know you strategize with your client and it's more of a um and it's perhaps a bit more of a two-way conversation so we've got in my mind there are these two big spectrums that sort of overlap you know so we've got the kind of um yeah so task focused and person focused on one of those spectrums and the other spectrum is totally non-directive going all the way down to really quite directive right get yourself get your act together get out of bed <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning and go for a run louisa <laughs> so yeah more you know, that's more the kind of sports coaching motivational yeah. sort of thing so so it's it's big and under, underneath underneath that is all the positive psychology the you know motivational theory the um and all the models and tools, you know, the grow model, the, yes, um, grow model. yeah, good old, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing, you know, and that applies to pretty much every, you can apply that to pretty much any conversation, I think. So it's, it's, um, it's a big one. And I think probably will deserve more than one podcast actually, but we'll see how we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as you say, there's loads of different types of coaching in the last, um, I'd probably say like 10, 20 years, there's been quite a big push in organisations for coaching cultures because there's seen 
um, a value in when you have a coaching culture um, that sort of can be a better environment for people to, to work in. And I know the NHS are really big in terms of coaching. Um, so what, when we talk about a coaching culture in an organization, what, what does that mean and how can that be a helpful thing for an organization? Mm. Not a big question there at all, Alex. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a good, it's a good one, isn't it? Um, so the coaching culture, I suppose it's in the perfect world where you have managers in organizations. So, you know, not too flat, a little bit of hierarchy that um, in those organizations, managers don't need to give too much direction. So they don't need to tell people what to do really. And they don't need to put too much structure around what people do. Instead, what they do is ask good questions, they support. I think coaching culture is a little bit around the servant leadership model where mm -hmm. managers are sort of there to support and get the best from their people too, yeah. so that they, they kind of create an environment where people can bring their best selves to work rather than directing, suppressing, telling, you know, being autocrats, being a little bit tyrannical, which I think is the old, more old fashioned sort of view of management, yeah. you know, that sort of quite supervisory um, directive kind of concept from probably organizations from the last century, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, you know, and that's, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, there's a, there's a, there's a strong precedent for, for the, the manager who coaches in organizations because, because then you're kind of you're asking people to bring when, when, if you're coaching someone you're asking them to bring their brain to work yeah. not just their hands and not just there to to, to to do manual labor if you're asking them to problem solve you're asking them to solve their own problems or to think about you know think a little bit differently about things by asking them great questions then somebody brings their whole self to work they bring the brain as well as the yeah. body and and that's that's great because then we can start to get by people on the front line will see things that other pe people in back yes. offices or, or yes. head, head offices or whatever don't see so if they're being asked to problem solve and think and contribute and you know suggest suggest ideas which are genuinely listened to then you have all that innovation which is um coming up from from you know the people who are kind of on the front line and have that visceral experience um, if we're direct only directing then the innovation and the thinking only happens you know in in head mm -hmm. office managerial sort of yeah. that thinkings for managers doings for frontline workers mm -hmm. which is hopelessly outdated so um coaching culture is about replacing direction with great questions encouraging innovation at every level and it being prepared to accept it so that everybody brings their brain to work and um, a great a great um book about this is david marquette's turn the ship around and you know he uses this this concept of a coaching culture to transform the worst performing nuclear submarine on the american navy into into the best by wow. getting people by um well and actually i have to say you'd hope that even the worst one was still pretty good but um <laughs> but but what he but what he did i think he if memory serves so so it's a really good little book turn the ship around but he he gives a barking mad order an order which is obviously deranged and um he sees that everyone they get it but everyone's getting ready to regard it despite everybody knowing that it's it's mad everybody's going to go and fulfill it so he has to sh 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 shout stop 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 this is mad we need to change the culture and wow. and he changes the language he changes the language and much more about questioning encouraging people to think for themselves rather than just um 
you know, non you know non thinking following of orders, which you know, and and you know, so so suddenly rather than having one brain and three hundred sets of hands, you've suddenly then got three hundred brains mm. working on that on that organisation, and um, you know the uh, the performance improvement is, is seismic, and of course that can be applied to any business. You know, have you? And I think this is the thing for for you know people running businesses. You know, people bringing their whole selves at work. You know, are you encouraging people to bring their brains and their thoughts and their innovation to work, or are you just telling them what to do and telling them to get on with it? Which is very, you know, twentieth century management. I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, one of the things about coaching, isn't it, is is one of the sort of, I guess, um, ideas behind coaching is coaching, coaching believes that everyone's got their own answers to their own questions. It's just about pulling those resources out of people with, with good questions. And I think, you know, I don't think anybody wants to go to work and not do a good job. I think people want to come to work and um, feel valued and offer their ideas and I think from my experience in learning and development it's always so interesting like you said when you go to the front line they're there every day when they're working with, with guests with customers they see the issues and often all the answers to all the challenges in an organization are on the front line it's just if you don't take the time to go and speak to them you're never going to know and I think if you have an organization where everyone feels engaged in the process um, and feels they have a voice everyone's going to be that much more engaged in wanting the company to go forward and, and do well. So it's kind of a no brainer really, isn't it? But well, I, I think people expect it now a bit more. I think, you know, people do have higher expectations of the organization that they work in, mm. you know, and how they're, how they're managed. You know, we were talking about how, you know, that today's 20 somethings are looking for organizations that are ethical, sustainable, that, you know, add real value to yeah. their communities and not just about profit. And, um, and I, I, th I think the, the culture that you work in is part of that. And uh, I think if you want good people, you know, and you know, you want the right people on your bus, you've got to manage them the right way. And, and that's by actually welcoming, welcoming their, their, their thoughts rather than trying to suppress them. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. So when we've, so obviously we've talked there about, um, coaching questions so it's all about asking the right questions so and coaching is essentially about being able to ask those right questions and I know um I did a little online webinar about introduction to coaching during um lockdown and people are always like oh what are what what do I say what do I say and I think you get quite caught up don't they when you first become a coach you become quite caught up in finding the right words to say um yes so what is a good coaching question Alex <laughs> you, you know the answer to this i mean i i think that this is where the tools coaching tools come in really handy because um they give you a framework to work to that you can apply to to most situations and so a good a good one to start with is john whitmore's grow model which we oh yes good on john today. whitmore so so that's simply four questions um what's your goal what is it you want to achieve what's the what's the desired future state What's your reality? Second question. So the R and grow is reality. So that's where are you now? And what are today's problems and challenges and opportunities? Then the third question is what are your options? Mm -hmm. So how might you move from your reality to towards your goal? So yeah. what are the possible courses of action that are available to you? And what could you try and what's, what's possible? 
and then the final one um what what are you prepared to do will do um what's your will what's your commitment the w in um, in grow is will and uh, and that's that sort of um so what's the next step what what are you going to do next and what's your what are you prepared to commit to right now to begin to move yourself forwards yeah so goal reality options and will and actually if you have that little framework in the back of your mind you can't help but give somebody a really good coaching conversation i suspect because that's life you know Mm -hmm. it's what are you trying to achieve where are you now how might you get there and what are you prepared to do next that's pretty whatever situation you're in those are pretty sensible questions i think yeah and the grow model is great it's really it's probably one of the i probably say it's one of the most famous models in coaching it's kind of like the foundation you learn on any um coaching course but i think what's beautiful about the grow model is it's a really like you said it's a really simple tool to work through whether it's with a team member um or you know with a family member but also it's quite a simple model to work through for yourself to do a bit mm. of self-coaching mm. um you know because we you coach others but there's also when you know these kind of questions they're just good questions to ask yourself and be in a resourceful resourceful state um so the, yeah, inner, the, the inner coach yes yes it's kind of like the thing if you you know it's about being authentic it's like can you coach yourself if you can can't you know coaching other people and be able to do that i, I think yourself. i think you can sometimes with difficult stuff you have to articulate yeah. it you know it's you've got to articulate your thoughts so i think certainly for me there's no point sitting on the sofa and letting things just whir around inside my <laughs> mind i'm not sure if that's always helpful so i think having somebody that you can talk yeah. your challenges or your decisions or your yeah you know those big life choices and or when you've had a bad day or a good day you know yeah. talking through talking through somebody who's genuinely listening to you is is pretty invaluable um but i think also maybe writing things down as well so this is perhaps where journaling and that sort of thing comes in so because i think when you articulate your thoughts you sort of structure them you know and that's 100 percent, 100 percent. i think also it makes you a bit more accountable when you see it down on on paper don't you rather than just worrying around in your head um so it sounds like as well what i kind of think about with the coaching culture is it's a much nicer place to work it, because mm. obviously i know we talked in other episodes about sort of an armored being armored up and um not being able to fail but coaching by default because you're having those open conversations and people feel able to come forward with new ideas and things it sounds mm. like it creates a much safer space to come and suggest ideas and where you might you might fail um, and actually it's okay to fail yes that's right so so there's some cultural requirements for this to work really uh and it 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 does require again managers and bosses to sort of park the ego and be a little bit more humble just because if you're asking the question that what you what your team member might say is different to what you're thinking or how you might approach something so then you've got the choice of do you do you let that rise do you let it go and, and just see what happens or do you correct them and say no you're not going to do it that way you can do it my way and i think that's a, a judgment that manage I th- and i think if you do that if you do go for the second option and you you um say well no that you know that is that's your suggestion but we're not going to do that then you do somewhat contradict the process so i think you've got to be quite careful about that and there are times when you do have to do that if, mm-hmm. if what your colleague you know say they're a bit younger a bit, a bit experienced new to the team and what they suggest 
is 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 destined destined to be disastrous, or maybe you know puts creates an element of risk or something like that. Then you might need to say, well, actually, how about we we look at that and do it differently? Mm. Um, but if you're doing it just because it's different, and if the suggestion is different to what you want to do, then I think we need to be a bit humble and be careful about overriding the suggestion. Yeah. Because every time you do that, you actually you disempower the individual and you you go backwards with them rather than forwards. I think. So. Yeah. So I guess I guess in that respect, in a coaching culture, if you've got quite a sort of you need to be in control of everything, it's not really going to work, is it? The idea is it's much more a level, mm. kind of yeah. much more level in terms of a hierarchy. Because the idea it, is that right. everybody's everyone's a resource, everyone's ideas are, are, are valid, and everyone gets a chance to be heard. Yeah, I think if it's difficult if people have got quite an autocratic style and they're a bit quite dominant personalities. As I, you know, I've got to be honest. Uh, you know, a lot of people who run businesses are yeah. quite big, fiery characters. <laughs> you know, they're red on that psychometric tool of insights. You know, they um, they tend to be quite dominant, extrovert, powerful people, mm -hmm. and coaching probably doesn't come naturally you know so that's why really they should we sort of talk about i mean on people's development journey can be helpful to have a coach themselves to yeah yeah that's right that. and, to, to, and to experience the benefits of it yeah first that might be necessary i think yeah yeah um, because one thing as well i guess with coaching is it raises your own self-awareness of yourself through questioning so i know we talked about kind of coaching for performance but then also those deeper open questions and um you know i think on sort of leadership programs um, and development programs often people will be offered coaches for their own development because it's that that space where a safe space um where people you know you have a coach that will ask questions and help somebody explore and raise their self-awareness we talk about like things like joe harvey's window where you have mm the self that you let everybody see and then you have the blind self which is like the bit of you that you don't necessarily you're yeah. not necessarily aware of and, don't know about, yeah. and to be fair until someone raises your awareness of these bits of yourself you're not necessarily going to know and mm. so that's why coaching can be really helpful particularly people moving from sort of manager to, to a leader um to kind of help explore and how they deal with conflict how they deal with challenges and what that means to them as a leader and i think that's why coaching is a really valuable tool in, in terms of how you how you show up and a space for you to explore yourself because if you don't know let's say you're having a bad day you could come in as a tyrant and not even know that that's mm. how you're impacting your your team that's right and it gives you the tools to kind of and, and the space as well i think i think what coaching is great for is that ability to just stop for a moment yeah. and reflect and that's right just go okay so what happened and what, you see we, what we have play in that we have to have a look at that you're right so so that's the, the very much the jahari window of trying to kind of open it up a little bit to have a kind of a truer insight to how we come across mm. and you, you, one thing that I've, I've observed is that you know we can give our some people give themselves a really hard time so actually they you know with people who start struggle with imposter syndrome mm, and that yes. sort of thing oh, are actually much more much better thought of than they think they are mm. um, but then it can go the other way as well a little bit and, and when you have people who you know maybe they judge themselves by their intentions but they judge others by their behaviors 
can have a bit of a misaligned view mm. um, and I, I mean I used to work for somebody who was like this who just their mood always dominated um, and they would always be whatever their mood was they would bring it to work and if it was if they were in a good mood then they were a bit bombastic that could be a bit <laughs> annoying <laughs> but if they were in a really bad mood which happened a bit more often then they could be like this they could really suck the joy out of the room and and, and they would let their moods really govern their behavior and oh they God. had no ability to no awareness or ability to control that and it's difficult because they were the boss you know business owner and it's really um and the, the impact on everybody else was was really colossal in fact you know pretty much everybody there ended up leaving the organization just because mm. they just sort of kind of wore everybody down i think mm. so you know it would have been very helpful i think for that individual to get a a bit more insight into mm. themselves you know i mean yeah you need to be quite brave to have those conversations sometimes which may be why nobody did it but um yeah. yeah so so but 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 knowing getting a true insight into how you come across to others is completely invaluable i think if you're particularly if you're responsible for others or responsible yeah. for a business and I think also on that, it's sort of, we sometimes talk about top-down culture, that the, the leader of an organisation kind of drives the ship of culture, really. Mm. And so, you know, if you're, particularly if you're sort of wanting to make a change in your business, go through a culture change, if you're not changing on that journey, how can you, you know, you very, I remember sort of working for an organisation where we went through a change of leadership. Mm. And I remember saying to the CEO, I was like, oh, you know, the culture will automatically change because you're here. And he sort of looked at me and I was like, and I was trying to figure out, who he was because i'm trying to figure out what culture we we're going to have as an organization yeah. and the culture did change because oh, yeah. yeah you know they bring their new set of values their new vision yeah. um you know and again it's really important there to have have a coach if you if you're saying i want this culture but you're not fully aligned to that and then you're wondering why it's not happening you as a leader are so integral to how an organization functions that's right um, and the coach can really help you get clear with, with what it is you want to achieve, what the culture is and how you showing up to lead that. It's funny how sometimes, you know, organizations can quite quickly almost become manifestations of the personality of the person in charge. <laughs> yeah. you know? I think I've definitely seen that. Yeah. Good, yeah. good, bad and ugly, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah. So, so for somebody that's never had sort of had a, had a coach, Mm. and they're thinking of coaching sort of getting a coach i mean i can imagine it can sound a bit intimidating you're gonna have this person that's going to come along and ask you questions and they might delve a bit deeper how would you what would you say to somebody that's sort of thinking about either either getting a coach or being a coach like what are the benefits that it could bring well i think multiple um you know, I think, so, so it's different for different people. For me, so, because I am a fairly chaotic individual. And um, what coaching brings to me is the ability to, so somebody to strategize with, so to talk through the unsolvable problems. You know, we're kind of in the gray a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and to work out plans but then somebody somebody a little bit like you do with these podcasts you know somebody who kind of hold my feet to the fire a little bit and say right we're going to reconvene at um you know two weeks by that time you will have 
done these tasks or you have actioned these things or you know had that conversation or whatever you've got to do and then we'll reconvene and see how what progress we've made and having that kind of structure around your life <laughs> mm. and a bit of accountability is very important for me so it means that it happens and you know if you've got somebody who will hold your feet to the fire a little bit and, or challenge, and challenge you if you don't get it done then um you're more likely to do it well i am anyway and um and that's you, you know that's a valuable thing and um and then yeah you can really yes you can it starts to, it, it, you start to put a bit of discipline around yourself and you start to focus on more positive habits and behaviors because you've got somebody checking in um, and kind of keeping that structure structure with you. But I, I think at the same time, I don't think it should be a dependency. So no. I think, you know, for, I normally, if I'm coaching somebody, I'll do four to six sessions and then that's it. That's yep. it. It's like, if we haven't got you working in a s sustainably, you know, um, positively, po you know, if the mi your mindset isn't right, if, if, um, if you haven't got kind of good a good working structure around yourself if, you, if you're not moving towards your best self after six sessions then um something's not right something's not working yeah it kind of defeats the object of coaching really coaching is very much about empowerment isn't it it and is it is it is it's about taking, taking you on a journey so that you can fly find your wings and fly um yeah, yeah. so if it, you are working with somebody and they're sort of saying you need yeah. so many lots of sessions it's not really uh, no not if it's no because then you're sort of getting into an element of dependency which is this isn't about and it's not counseling you know no. it's, it's 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 more about building the person up building capability for the long term yes. so yeah and it's, it's a, bit, a bit of teaching those well. it's kind of giving people the tools and the strategies so like that grow model you know yeah. it's it's about encouraging people to to apply that for themselves and to use that themselves so that they've got a tool which an endure, enduring tool which they can apply to to their lives whenever they need to so you're kind of giving people tools the, the equipment that they need to be successful in their lives yeah. um rather than yeah being 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 a um a walking stick for them you know? <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what you make a really good point there to differentiate because you know coaching's not therapy it's not psychotherapy it's not no. counseling and it's something that comes up quite a lot of is there a fine line but i think often when we talk about coaching coaching is very much focused in the present and the future that's right sort of therapy yeah. goes goes focuses on the past and helping you understand the past whereas coaching is very much about where are you now where do you want to be how yeah. are we going to get you to where you want to be it's quite a pragmatic coaching is quite, mm. quite a practical thing i mean some of the the tools are quite similar to what you see in disciplines like cognitive you know talk the evidence-based talking therapists like cbt and that sort of thing but and transactional analysis comes in a little bit doesn't it yeah it? yeah it does yeah. It, it does it does absolutely you know, we could we could talk about that a different day yeah. but um yeah, so the talking therapies tend to be yeah a little bit more backward focused. Mm -hmm. So dealing with the source of pain yes. in somebody's life, you know, a trauma or a something which the you know the person hasn't been able to quite reconcile in their mind, and that's become a blocker that stopped mm -hmm. their forward progress. So that's those are the sort of counselling disciplines, I suppose. Um, coaching is a bit more pragmatic than that. It's it's we know we are where we are now how do we move forwards yes exactly so, 
exactly. it doesn't open up quite the same Pandora's box. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. yeah. Different. Yeah. No. But actually, while we're sort of talking about that, I think one thing as well in terms of coaching is the space that a coach creates because. Mm you know, for somebody to want to share, share their hopes, share their goals. It's about that space needs to be one that's safe where mm. someone can take the armor off and be vulnerable and speak, you know, speak without judgment. And so that's, and I think when you create the right space, that person will far more likely open up and talk more openly. And I think that's a really important thing. The, the person who really nailed that for me was Carl Rogers, and his, um, he called it, yeah, uh, positive regard, showing um, positive regard for your client. So empathy, acceptance, you know, no judgment and being completely present yeah. to what they're saying is probably more important than anything else for, for, for a coach, I think. So that, yes, you, you create an environment of safety yeah. so, that, that, so that people can really offload and speak and, and, and speak about what's, what's, what's really on their minds and of course as soon as you start to come back with judgment or you know criticism rather than positive challenge then you, you shut that down and you, yeah. you kind of and, and that's probably where i think a bit of training comes in so actually for people who work as coaches getting getting some credible um training in coaching is probably a good idea because uh i think there are subtleties to it that can be you know that, that are worth learning to to do a really good professional job yeah so talking about training to become a coach what kind of training is there how do you become a coach or and whether that's independent coach or a coach within mm. organize organizations yeah oh a myriad it says the whole industry <laughs> <laughs> a big old industry but um I think what's most so so you can I mean quite people go and do a PhD in coaching and mentoring wow. now I think Oxford Brooks I've got a PhD wow. in coaching I so you could really do a deep dive. Uh, but I think if, you know a lot of people go and do a say three, four, five day training course in the practical, you know, the practical tools and competences of coaching and mentoring. That's pretty good. They're pretty good, and I think provided it's recognised, I'd probably suggest some element of accreditation yeah. so that you know you can kind of say actually it's it's it meets some sort of competence standard. Uh, just just as a guideline is probably a good idea. Um, so, but because then at least you know it's against, it's working against a objective mm -hmm. set of principles or standards about what, what does good look like in coaching and mentoring. Yeah. So I think those um, accredited um, short programs are probably a very good place to start and then, but, but, but that is, it, it is just a start. I think it's, it's then, a, it's a real, it's a real art coaching and I think it's, you know, it, it's years then of reflection, reflective practice. Yes, um, really important. Yeah, looking at the outcomes that you achieve and how they could be better and asking your clients for feedback and yeah. taking that feedback on board and refining your own approach and understanding yourself so you know that how you come across as a coach and your own, your, your own preferences and how that influences how you coach people, I think is also really important. And it can take some time to figure that out. Mm. So I'm still working on it. 
<laughs> it's almost like practicing what you preach isn't it it's like yeah. if you're asking people to be reflective and self-develop you need to be doing that for yourself and that's why mm. things like coaching supervision are really important yes yes well you've had some you've had some supervision yeah you? i had a great um i had a kate Greg's coach supervisor um he was I, I was that was when i was doing organizational coaching internal coaching which is you have like if you're an external coach you you are an external coach that comes into an organization but then as a head of learning development i was a coach within an organization mm, mm. that's probably a whole other episode talking about internal coaching and the, mm. the challenges because it's quite a different experience i'd coached outside of organizations and done one-to-one yeah. -one, and then i definitely found it it's difficult because yeah. you're there to sort of if there's always an agenda you know the big boss will always have their agenda about what they want you to achieve and yeah that does muddy the water a bit doesn't it well i think also is obviously coach you know one of the real um you know, when we talk about creating safe space confidentiality is so key to that for people to feel safe and you ultimately never quite know what's going to happen in a coaching session it's whatever that client wants to bring to the session or the mm. person wants to bring but the fundamental to that is that they know that it's a safe space and it's confidential. And so then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I'm not alone because I'm part of the Northern Coaching Network, which is an amazing yeah. network, which is yes. all for internal coaches. And mm. I found that space really um, supportive because we'd all share our experiences. And it turns out we all have quite similar experiences of when I initially started doing it, then you'd get people coming and being like, well, what did they say? I was like, well, I can't tell you what they said because it's confidential. And, um, yeah it's just quite an in, i think that's probably a whole other episode in terms yeah because it's because actually it's the it's the contracting the agreement yeah. the agreement yeah. that you make with the organization but also your the people that you're coaching so that you know so, so that that's all really clear so people really understand the limitations of confidentiality and three-way contracting three-way contract three -way. and actually while we're on that the contract is really important part of coaching that's where you, the coach and the coachee whether it's internal coach whether it's a manager and you sit there and you go okay this is what this is what we agree this is this is how we're going to work so you mm. know if there's going to be homework in the sessions you're going to commit to that and that's right you mm. know if we talk about empowerment and taking ownership the coachee needs to take ownership of certain bits of of um the coaching and it's that thing of really a coach will show up to support you but you'll get out as much out of that session as you're willing to put in mm. um you know and that's really where it's kind of like mm. about um empowerment and that coach is there to work with you and support you but you've got to have that open mind to be willing to engage in that journey yes um, it's two-way it's two-way process yeah yeah it's yeah yeah that's right and, and actually that's right because actually the meaningful the meaningful change isn't what happens in the coaching conversation it's it's the, the the hard work that happens afterwards you know it's the when the will do or the will you know it's mm. it's about that when people take those those actions and they do the difficult work yeah that's where the visible change happens and so yes if you've got a client who doesn't do that who won't do the hard work to support you know the plans that you mm. you come up with then it's um disappointing so yes it's contracting it's that this is a two-way it's got a you know two-way process it's, it's yeah. really key yeah. and on that that's why sometimes if if a team member is told they have to have coaching you can't really force somebody into coaching no no don't no never works it doesn't really work no, it doesn't. they've got no, to be right. an engaged and willing participant and i think you know also the premise with coaching is we're all adults and everyone's got free will and it's treating everybody as like a 
adult with free will that's empowered to make their own choices. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's very contradictory. You will be coached. You've yeah. got a problem. <laughs> I'm going to send you to coaching. I have had that happen quite a few times, actually. And I, uh, I've sometimes done it because, you know, well, you know, but, but I suppose part, partly because, you know, you, you might need the work. That's one thing. So it's really practical. But also because sometimes it might be kind of interesting to see um, what, what happens. <laughs> Let's go for a wild card. Let's uh, yes. Go you know, but actually, yeah, if the, if your person you're coaching isn't really engaged in it and doesn't really want to be there and doesn't want to change or doesn't want to change anything, or, you know, then I, I wouldn't recommend it actually. Yeah. 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 Um, so that sounds like we're, we're sort of a good place to sort of leave it there. I mean, mm. probably a lot, as you say, probably a lot more episodes we can do on coaching. Um, but we kind of touched an overview of it starting yeah. from, um, you know, how coaching can, can be really great for organization in terms of a coaching style of management because you're bringing out the resources and you really bring out talent of all your team members by seeing them all as individuals with brains like you said mm. with ideas and you know pulling out from the front line you have all the answer you'll have all the answers to all the problems in your organization within your organization it's just about asking the right questions it's it's whether you're prepared to ask yeah it's whether yeah. you're prepared to ask the questions yes um and then we've got the you know john whitmore who's kind of like the founder of professional coaching and his grow model which mm. is a great basic tool which is all about focusing on 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 a goal where you are now your sort of will and where you're going to go in the future yes his little book is called coaching for performance and i was rereading it very recently as i was getting ready for some manager as coach training and uh, it just struck me what a brilliant little book it is. It's, it's about, I think he wrote it about 40 years ago, but it's still so relevant, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, really good. So probably a great, that's probably, if you wanted to know more, probably a great little book to, to start with. Mm, it is a great place and to start. We've gone on to talk about um, sort of leaders and the importance of coaching leaders and how coaching can raise awareness of your behaviours and um, the blind spots that you might have. Um, along with sort of coaching space, you know, it's got to be a safe space where people feel comfortable to to open up and talk. Um, and coaching very much about the now, the present, and going going forwards, where you want to be and how you're going to get there. Sort of mapping your path to where you want to be, I guess. Um, and then we sort of touched on a bit of internal coaching and how that can be different to when you're an external coach. Um, so I think we've done a little fly-by tour yeah. of coaching. That's good. Yes. It's a big tent, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot going on inside it. There's, yeah. there's an awful lot to unpick there. But, but yeah, I think that's pretty good as a, um, yeah. as a sort of high-level overview of um, the many faces of coaching. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening. And let us know your feedback. And let us know as well if you'd like us to explore any particular area of coaching that we kind of mm. discussed today, we can come back to that. It'd be great to have some suggestions, wouldn't it? Yeah. Actually, if anybody yeah. listening wants to make a suggestion about what, what we could sort of look into and, mm -hmm. and talk about. And, and we've got quite a big network of exits. We're going to start to bring in, we're going to, we're going to have some guests. Yes. I think. So, our next episode, we're going to have a guest, uh, Simon Hall, who's a former BBC journalist and he's tutor now at Cambridge University and Alex and I both did his um his storytelling workshop uh during lockdown which was brilliant he's a brilliant facilitator so we're looking forward to having him him on so that'll be the next episode so keep an eye out for that probably be in about 
two weeks we'll have that one going yeah. live i think very good um so yeah thank you everyone for listening thank you alex as ever your expertise brilliant thank you louisa and um yeah we'll we'll uh, have another opportunity for you soon bye